election, and again in 2012, but even more important than the political revolution would be the renewed engagement by citizenry, a development that could have the long-term impact of taking America back. What I recognized was that McCain would not have set America on a right course. He supported the bailouts during the presidential race. He might have supported smaller bailouts in 2009 had he been elected, but he would most definitely not have provided principled opposition to the fundamental takeovers of the free enterprise system. The economy would still be in trouble, and guess who would be getting all the blame? That's right, it would be the Republican president and Republicans in general. Although there would be bipartisan support for expansive and unconstitutional growth of the federal government, citizens would not be rising up attempting to reclaim their country through thousands of tea parties and other demonstrations— and there would be few viable alternatives for voters in the midterm congressional elections. As the economy continued to stagger through 2012, McCain would be demonized for all the problems our country experienced in his four-year term, and Barack Obama would be getting ready for his first four years in office, with a Congress stacked with even more Democrats and with even less opposition. The only real difference would be that we delayed even greater pain for the country. I believed, and still believe, America has a chance to wake up from its political sleepwalk. We needed to be jolted awake by experiencing the consequences of these horrendous policies, and Republicans had to be forced to rediscover their roots in and commitment to limited government. For many Americans suffering right now through Obamanomics, it's probably still hard to imagine that John McCain would have offered, through his brand of bipartisan compromise, nothing but a scapegoat for Democrats to blame for their own policies— a scapegoat they will not have in 2010 and 2012. On the other hand, people are waking up all over this country in just the first 18 months of the Obama administration. They're seeing that socialism doesn't work. They're already marching in the streets by the millions. Ordinary, hard-working Americans who have never carried a protest sign in their lives are mobilized for action. America may never be the same. Some thought I was crazy for saying that Obama could actually be a blessing in disguise for the future of our republic. I recognized there would likely be more short-term pain under Obama, but I also predicted it would result in long-term gain. The Tea Party movement arose from the disaster of 2008 to give us hope for a better future. This book is about the promise of that movement. It is about how Tea Party activists can best frame their arguments for widespread acceptance and long-lasting results, but even more important, it is an effort toward defining a simple, coherent, articulate, visionary mission statement of broad appeal to Americans who are no longer content with the idea of leaving governance to politicians in Washington and state capitals. Chapter 1. Who We Are I believe with all my heart that those in the trenches of the Tea Party movement have a well-grounded, fundamental understanding of the problems facing America. That elected officials and bureaucrats in Washington are far exceeding the strict constitutional limits on their authority. That our major cultural institutions, which represent unelected, unaccountable elite power centers, the major media, the entertainment industry, the major foundations, academia, the government education establishment, among others, are promoting bigger government and less freedom. The Tea Party movement is not, as is often portrayed, a movement concerned only with materialistic economic issues, even if those issues were the straw that broke the camel's back and got so many individual activists into the streets. In other words, it's not just about a collection of issues being debated in Washington, matters like health care, stimulus bills, corporate bailouts, and -and cap-and-trade legislation. 
Those are all critically important issues, but they hardly represent the totality of the Tea Party movement's grievances. In fact, those issues are more a symptom of the fundamental crises threatening America's very existence as a sovereign, free, vibrant, cohesive, self-governing nation-state. Yet I sense from some leaders of the Tea Party movement a reticence to venture outside that narrow focus, a focus that, quite honestly, obscures the forest for the trees. It would be like trying to explain the dreams and aspirations of America's founders by confining them to material concerns like taxes. Anyone laboring under the delusion that the colonists' primary grievance was economic should immediately review the Declaration of Independence. Their concerns were broadly set forth as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Their grievances were also individually itemized, and few of them were economic. After all, the colonists, as I point out in Taking America Back, were doing quite well economically, probably better than the average Englishman.